Welcome to the Next Greatest Thing podcast, powered by the Arkansas Valley Electric Cooperative Corporation. This podcast is a place where we come together with electric experts and dedicated operators to discuss current co-op events, leading-edge technologies, and communicate with AVECC members. We are Arkansas Valley Electric, changing the communities we serve. Hello and welcome to The Next Greatest Thing, a podcast powered by the Arkansas Valley Electric Cooperative Corporation. I am your host for today, Barbara Jenkins, and we are honored to welcome our guest, Miss Kim Griffin, the mathematics teacher from Scranton High School. Earlier this fall, Arkansas Valley Electric created a teacher appreciation scholarship award where we asked community members to nominate teachers in their community who they feel needed to be honored and recognized for their contributions both in and out of the classroom. Out of approximately 180 nominations, we came up with finalists where we visited schools and talked to administration, co-workers, and students of the finalist teachers, and we had two winners, one of which is Kim Griffin from Scranton High School. Welcome to the podcast, Kim. Hello, thank you. Well, yesterday uh, we were called to the gymnasium, and there was a, a pep rally where everyone was having a good time, and then your name was mentioned to come out to the middle of the court for a presentation. Did you have any idea why you were being called out there? No. Um, When I saw you, who I recognize, and Mr. Fisher there, I assumed that you were there to give a Athlete of the Week award because I know that Arkansas River Valley Electric does that. And so that was my assumption was they're going to call a student's name. And when they called my name, I was at a loss. So are you much of an athlete? Did you, you were going, no, why? (laughs) No, definitely not. I played quiz bowl. So when you heard what we were there for and uh, the fact that we were giving a $2,500 scholarship um, to our winners, which one of which was you. Uh, what were your immediate feelings? It was kind of overwhelming. Um, well, I guess because it showed that if I was a finalist or I had been selected that the principal, like you said, you interviewed and the other colleagues of mine that you interviewed and students – that they must have a really high regard for me or you wouldn't have selected me. So it was kind of heartwarming to know that they all had, you know, a really high regard for me. Absolutely. And in fact, one of your coworkers is the ones who nominated you. Interesting. Yes. Uh, Miss Aiken, the music teacher, nominated I did not know you. That. Yes. Yes. She um, gave us a really nice uh, view into who you are as a person and as a teacher. Well, I really appreciate her for that. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Kim. You have worked in Scranton for how long? This is my seventh year teaching. Um, I've been here in some capacity or another since um, school year 2011-2012 because I student taught here and then took a couple years off and and then I came back here and um, I don't plan to teach anywhere else, so... Awesome. Good to hear. As, As a Scranton High School graduate, it's good to know that people like this community and like this school because it's very near and dear to my heart. So you are from the Arkansas River Valley area, right? I graduated high school from Boonville. Boonville. Okay. Grow up, grow up in Boonville? 
from yes. there, families from there, yes. whatnot. Were you an Arkansas Valley Electric member then? Yes. Awesome. And you are now. Yes. Right? Perfect. Perfect. Love rural living. So what do you teach? I teach um, high school math. So I have a geometry, algebra two, pre-calculus. I have a transitional math ready for, it's like a fourth math for those kids who just need one more math before they graduate, help them get ready for the ACT and things like that. And then this year I started teaching um, an eighth grade section of algebra one. So you teach a lot of the upper levels. Yes. A lot of the hard stuff. Yes, a lot things of, that sometimes they don't like. Yeah, a lot of the stuff that kids do not like, for sure. What drew you to math? Well, at one point when I was a kid, somehow I thought I wanted to be a doctor. In about seventh grade, I realized that uh, I didn't want to be around sick people or have to deal with a patient dying or something. So in seventh grade, um, I'd never been in a geometry class, and I was when my cousins needed help with geometry and I looked at their geometry textbook and I was like, oh, I can do this. So I started tutoring them and I was in seventh grade and they were in like 10th grade helping them. And I was like, hey, I really like math. And then I just started tutoring people, um, classmates and things like that through high school. And I thought, you know, this could be a really good career. And I also had some experiences. Sometimes I could see things that I saw and I said, okay, I want to be a teacher like that person. Or sometimes I saw things and I said, I don't want to be a teacher like that. So different things that made me drawn towards that profession of, okay, maybe I could be better than that for someone else, or maybe I could be that person for that as some student in the future. So it was a, you were naturally gifted at math and understanding numbers, which helped, and then you developed a passion for teaching yeah, at, from being, an early age. Being able to explain it, because one of the things I noticed, like, with different teachers is sometimes they can teach it, um, to like say a certain learning style but maybe not every student understands it that way so sometimes part of the class is left out because they're not understanding the 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 way the teacher's presenting it and so I thought I want to be a teacher who can teach to all those different learning styles I don't want to leave some of those kids behind because as a tutor sometimes the teacher would do a lesson that day half the class would get it and then I would spend the remainder of the class period trying to help some of the other students who got lost and I would explain it maybe a different way, and they understood it. And so I said, okay, I want to be a teacher that does that. Yeah, and that's that's a real gift in order to be able to to be flexible within such a – would you say that math is a kind of a rigid – it's a black and white system? In a way. I mean, sometimes, you know, especially like thinking of geometry, you can approach a problem different ways, but in the end you should get the same answer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like we're writing a paper. You can have different opinions or something. You know, you should get the – correct answer there is a correct answer and there's an incorrect answer but sometimes you can find it in a different way right and being able to explain it in those different ways is is really Mm -hmm. incredible that's quite the gift you've been here at Scranton um you you obviously grew up in in this area and whatnot but you've decided to to stay in Scranton tell tell us a little bit about your attachment to this community why why is this home for you now well with, in college, you know, we did some small student teaching exercises where we would go and get so many hours of observation and different things in other schools. And some of the bigger schools, I, it, I didn't like a lot of the bigger schools being in them because I feel like you don't, you're not able to spend as much time helping those students that might need that extra time. So that was part of the draw of Scranton is it's a small community. Um, and then also in that fact that it's a small community, it creates really close bond between you know, the students with themselves and with their teachers. You can build that rapport with those students. And then 
we have a really good relationship with our coworkers. Um, sometimes people talk about there's even when as you grow up, you know, there's cliques. I don't think there's cliques at Scranton. I think as a faculty, we're all friends. When we do in service, we all go out to eat together. We all um, share um, stories about our lives together. So um, the faculty, we have a good relationship together, but then we have a good relationship with our students. Even those sometimes difficult students, you know, you build a rapport with them. You find a way to connect. So maybe they don't make that A in that math class, but they are still able to be successful on their level. Maybe just passing is their successful in that class because maybe math's not their focus but you make it bearable for them you make it bearable for you because they're not miserable and then therefore you know causing a disruption in your class you may build that rapport and um, you help them to meet whatever their goal is if that's an a great if that's just a pass great but you build that rapport with those kids and you help them absolutely and it was obvious when your name was announced yesterday um, that the students love you at least with the volume level that was in the gym it got quite quite loud in in the gym when you were mentioned so it's it's obvious that your students do um, appreciate you and I'm gonna say they they love you too I heard that a lot yesterday we love you that's awesome I mean what what more could you want as a teacher yeah, it was humbling definitely we, we wanted to recognize teachers who obviously make a difference um, in in their classrooms. The nomination form from Ms. Aiken, uh, your your coworkers, your your administration, uh, the student that that we talked to said that you work nonstop. You tutor in the mornings. Yes, you I, tutor at lunch. Yes, and you tutor after work, and you also have a family of your own. Yes. So, how do you balance all of that? I just do. I mean, sometimes I ask myself, how do I do this? But, I mean, to me, there's no other choice. Like, if I want to do something, I want to do it the best that I can. And if I have students that need that extra help in the morning and they come in, I'm not going to tell them no. You know, if they come in at lunch or they ask me, can I come in at lunch? Sure. I mean, it doesn't take me my full lunch period to eat anyways. So, I mean, I'm just sitting around. I mean, so I don't mind to help them during that time or or my prep period or and sometimes after school. I mean, because sometimes – the kids can't come in before school, but they're able to stay after. I tell them, you know, I don't have plans after. You're absolutely welcome to stay for a few minutes as long as you have transportation or your parents can, you know, don't mind. So, so you do this pretty much every day? Um, maybe don't stay after every day, but um, lunchtime pretty much every day, um, prep period pretty much every day. So we, we also, you know, got to learn a little bit about you outside of the classroom and you have two young ones yes and you're very active in their extra extracurricular activities um they're they're quite busy or keep you quite busy um and you also have a husband who is in the military yes uh talk to me a little bit about that um my kids are my husband both (laughs) Uh, well my kids are five and seven and they go to school at Scranton. Um, they're both in karate, and they both take piano lessons, and they're in Girl Scouts and Cub Scouts, so we're on the go a lot. So my husband, he has been in the military for 17 years. He was in the, res- um, sorry, he was active army for eight and a half years. He spent five years in Germany, spent three and a half in um, stationed at Fort, Fort Carson in Colorado Springs. During that time, he deployed three times. He went to Iraq twice and then Afghanistan. Then he was 
kind of wanting to come back to Arkansas. He didn't want to be active duty anymore. So he went into the Army Reserve, and uh, he's been home for two and a half years. He went, went to Kuwait to, um, and came home two and a half years ago, and he just got orders that he's going to deploy to um, Africa in April. So wow, that's going to be, yeah. Last time he left, the kids were um, two and four because when he came back, they were three and five, yeah. So he left when they were two and four, and I don't know if my daughter remembers too much of him being gone, but my son remembers. So when we told them a couple of weeks ago that Daddy was going to leave for the army with the army for a little bit again, my son was like, "Nope, can't go, <laughs> not going to have it." My daughter was just like, "Eh," but I don't think she remembers it much. But my son remembers more of what it was like, you know, to not have Daddy there for a long time. Right, right. That must be hard. Yeah, but it's another one of those things where. It's, you know, people say, how do you do it? I just do, because to me, there's no alternative, you know, because whenever I married my husband, I knew that he was, you know, military and that he was going to uh, make a career out of it as far as he wanted to retire from the military. So we knew, I knew what I was signing on for. So, but it, in my opinion, it would have been nice if we could have avoided this one because he only has three more years before he can retire. So I'm like, you know, three more years. <laughs> It's okay. Well, it takes a special person to serve in the military, and it takes uh, a special person to be a spouse of a military person. So you guys are extraordinary well, thank um, you. to be doing everything that you're doing. You also volunteer in the community uh, with HOK, Helping Our Kids. Mm-hmm. I volunteer with the Helping Our Kids organization in Scranton. I also am the um, Cub Scout Den leader for my son's Cub Scout um, pack. So that keeps me busy. So what does uh, helping our kids do in the community? Um, They have weekly um, food banks where they give out produce and other food items to anyone in the community that wants. They can just come. Uh, Usually they make an announcement. I think it's Wednesdays that they, what day they're going to have it, what time they're going to have it. You come and pick up um, and you don't have, you just come and get it. They don't ask you who you are you can have um the produce or the pick the food pickup that day and then um on Fridays they give any um family who has signed up that wants to be part of the backpack program they give the kids in the um, high school and elementary that wants um food items for the week they'll give them different things um you know, a lot of things kids will eat, you know, like peanut butter. Um, so they make peanut butter sandwiches and other snack foods and stuff. Things to help that hold them over for through the week if they might be less fortunate and things like that. But, again, they don't have to show a need. They just have to ask for it. And they can sign up and they can get, um, the like I said, it's called the backpack program. They send them home some food for the weekend. And usually also, like around the holidays, like if we're going to have a big break, like Thanksgiving or Christmas, they try to send them extra food. And they, a lot of times they'll put together food for like those holiday meals. They'll try to send home um, Thanksgiving meal or Christmas meal for those kids um, or for the whole families, really, um, to help them with that. They also do um, the Angel Tree program for the kids in Scranton. And again, I'd I think anybody who's on the backpack program automatically automatically gets on that, and then anybody else who could ask, they could be put on the angel tree, and they um, they ask, you know, for toys, clothes, things like that, the basics for little kids to get, or I guess older kids to get for Christmas that they might not have had otherwise. Um, 
And then they provide scholarships for nearly every senior. Basically, if you apply for it as a senior, you're pretty well going to get a scholarship. It's not a lot of money, but it might help with books and things like that, some of those fees for college. Every senior will get a small scholarship through that program. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, and then just other day-to-day stuff. If they just know there's a family that has a need, um, they're going to help them. And sometimes, I mean, that can be like helping them buy school supplies. That can be helping them do just about anything. If there's a need, helping our kids wants to fill that need. And I'm going to say you being in the classroom, you have a um, front seat uh, view to some of those kids who mm-hmm. might need help and can can communicate with um, helping our kids and whatnot and and help with, with individual kids that mm-hmm. others might not be Identify able to that see. Need, yeah. Right? Right. That's awesome. You're busy. Yeah. <laughs> You're really busy. Yeah. Do you have downtime? I don't know what that is. Okay. Okay. We don't have to talk about it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that is. So. If you don't know, you don't miss it. Okay. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. So, I mean, as we mentioned, you were awarded a $2,500 check and at Arkansas Valley Electric, we wanted to make sure that this, um, the, the winner of this, this scholarship, uh, can do with this money, however, however they choose. If you want to spend it in your classroom, fantastic. If you want to spend it on your family, if you want to go to Disney World, we would absolutely love that. So we hope that the the money is um, is a blessing to you and your family, and we hope that just having the award um, is a, is a blessing to you as well, because we know that teachers really do. Um, so much within within the communities and and as Brandon mentioned yesterday at the assembly our our motto is changing the communities we serve and we know that teachers do that on a on a daily basis um just right there in front of 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 community members of future community members of the future of this country and whatnot so we just want to absolutely thank you from the bottom of our hearts for doing everything that you do and and your fellow teachers do, um, and as, as a calling and as a passion. Like I said, the, it's just really humbling whether or not, you know, there was money involved or anything, just to know that the people, you know, the students, my faculty, the um, community members think that highly of me. It's, it's really humbling. Well, thank you so much, Kim. We appreciate, uh, you spending some time with us and, and, um, and being, being a part of such a wonderful institution. Thank you for listening to The Next Greatest Thing, powered by the Arkansas Valley Electric Cooperative Corporation. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MyEnergyAVECC. Visit our website at www.AVECC.com. We hope to see you down the line.